Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. <laughs> Here he is, Friday, uh, before a game against the Giants, I believe. <laughs> Come on. It's bad enough already. <laughs> All right, let's talk, uh, or let's listen and then talk. We have uh, Jerry Jones Audio. Man, he gave us some content. I believe that we'll be able to use throughout the week and maybe even the entire off season when one of these topics comes up. First off, breaking news this morning. Is this a fish a fish? Yeah, as official as we're going to get for now. I mean, the Cowboys have confirmed? I don't know, but let's treat it as official. I mean, Cowboys.com, their website, their reporters are saying it's official, but I guess technically And what is that news, Ty? That Tony Pollard has gotten the franchise tag for just over $10 million. Say that again? I'm sorry. It's a little over $10 million for one year. Okay. Is this, because I've been reading more about Lamar Jackson... Mm-hmm. There are a couple different franchise tags you could throw on. Is this the one where somebody could offer him something? No, probably not. Okay. The the other one's not the not exclusive is not used all that often anymore. Definitely not used on quarterbacks. Okay, but it would if you offered Lamar if it was used and you offered something, then you would have to not only sign that player to that if your team didn't want to match it, but then uh, compensate them with some draft picks. Two firsts. Yeah. It's quite onerous. But it also is an interesting way to get a uh, a true read on what your market is rather than just what your team would pay you because those are not the same thing. Oh, yeah. So that that that's going to be an interesting one. We can talk about that at a later time. The Lamar okay. situation—it's very interesting. But uh, the Cowboys one, that means we're locked in. Tony Pollard will be here next year. Yeah. Now, not necessarily under this one-year deal. The Cowboys and Tony Pollard can still work out a deal. They have until later in the summer. But he's locked in. They have announced. They've used it on him. That means they can't use it on Dalton Schultz. Right. They can't use it on another player that they were hoping to, you know, hold on to. Right. So it's it's locked in. Tony Pollard will be on this team next year. A yeah. big question is – I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I think you were going to say the same thing. I mean, the big question is, is Zeke with him and what's Zeke number? Because right now, you add his now 10 to Zeke's 26 – or excuse me, 16 and come to the total of 26 – that still means they're spending $8 million more than the next closest team in the league at running back. So that is an entirely untenable situation. You either have to find a way to lower Zeke's deal or his cap hit, and definitely not by pushing money into the future, 
whether it's incentives or whether he's just agreeable to it, or you just have to be done, eat the 11 and dead money, which would still put you at 21, 22 million at running back, but at least you're done with it and you can figure out if you want to keep Pollard after that. But at least you have him for this year and you can figure out if you have his replacement in this draft or the next one. I think they should just be cutting ties with Zeke. I don't think you're alone in that. How about you? Yeah, of course. I would do it right now. I would just eat the 11, or you might be able to even spread that across two years, which I think you can actually, and then just move on and then see see what you can do in this year's draft and then reevaluate next season. That's the only sensible solution here. Well, I hate to tell you that I, I watched something that I don't have audio to back it up right now, but just this weekend, I'm recovering from the sick, so I'm watching a little more TV than usual. And I was watching the uh, – I'm getting back into the Tom Brady documentary. I okay. never got past episode uh, two last year. <laughs> but now that I think he's retired for good, I think it'd be fun to get into. And episode two was about uh, – back in 03 or so, it was the release of Lawyer Malloy. I saw that one. And it was – very controversial, and people are saying, you know, everybody hates the coach there because Lawyer Malloy was the heart and soul of that team. He was the face of the franchise, kind of like you might say Zeke is. Mm-hmm. But they kept him through training camp. This wasn't even an off-season thing. Uh, they had gotten his replacement uh, defensive back from San Diego. I can't remember. The point is, uh, Rodney Harrison, the point is, it was a move that was just, it was felt very cold-hearted, but it was a, hey, this is the best football move for this team. It isn't, and Belichick had a quote, he's saying to the press, it's not about collecting talent here, it's about building the correct team. And in his estimation, that was the way to go. He was not the player he once was. Although uh, very full of heart and a, a big, you know, everybody loved him in the locker room. He, they felt in the long run, um, you know, getting rid of him. And I believe they went on to, uh, you know, do pretty well after that. Mm-hmm. So to me, I was in my head likening it to, to this situation because I don't think uh, you and I are the only ones that just say, I think objectively you could look at stats. You could say Zeke is not what Zeke used to be. He is not the player he used to be. He's not as good as Tony Pollard, and he's just not really even that good anymore. If you look at the last, what was it, four games of the season? He averaged two yards per carry, had 100 yards total, something like that, or 100 yards in his last 50 carries, was it? It was gross, whatever it was, and it's been gross for a couple years. And I I honestly would tell you that I, I think Zeke has had basically two good years in his career. They were pretty good. His first and his third, because the second one is when he was suspended. And since then, you know, in 2019, he did average four and a half yards a carry, but he's never really been able to give you anything other than a dump down in the receiving game. Um, And then, yeah, I mean, over the last two years, Tony Pollard has the highest yards per carry of any back in the league. And if you want to look at some of the other numbers, uh, if you look at yards after contact, he uh, is tied for the lead with Nick Chubb. So he's doing it whether the offensive line is good or not. 
So here is Jerry, though. Let's start getting into Jerry's audio. Spoke to the media uh, in uh, Alabama at the NFL Combine. Indianapolis. Oh, I'm sorry. Senior Bowl Alabama, Alabama. The Senior Bowl, yeah. sorry. Mobile. Uh, and he's talking about whether Zeke is good or not. I know I've got a reputation for uh, being uh, reluctant to look at uh, great players as they go into the later years of their careers. Uh, but uh, uh, I don't need uh, uh, a, uh, uh, I don't need a uh, empathy or I don't need a, a feeling of what look what he's done for us uh, to uh, uh, turn on a tape and look at uh, 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 what a difference maker he was last year in games right through the end of the year. He made plays, made runs that uh, 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 had we not made them, it could have been even more negative than it turned out. So where I'm going with this is that uh, uh, if, if I could replicate the feeling that I had before Tony Pollard got hurt and the feeling I had with a Zeke, uh, good weeks of practice behind him and ready to go into the playoffs, I'd dial that up right now. That very feeling. I would not try to improve on that right now. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. That's why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What women binge wherever you listen. What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real, because just business is better business. Visit JustCapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. Translate? Well, I mean, he's lying to himself because the Cowboys are never going to admit, admit mistakes. That's a big part of their mantra. That is a big thing. I mean, even the way that I know, I know we're going to get to it, the way they're talking about Amari, the way that they have, uh, the way that they talked about Randy Gregory afterward, like they didn't offer him five for seventy-two million. Oh uh, no, his availability in the end. Oh no, yeah, well decided- then you you offered him seventy-two million dollars with half of it guaranteed. So why would you have done that if his availability was an issue just because you wanted this suspension clause in there? All they do is lie to themselves, and that's what he's doing here, saying that he turns on the tape. First of all, no, he doesn't. Uh, second of all, we watch, too, plenty of people who are NFL-level smart. Sorry, I am distracted by him absolutely hammering that beefaroni with <laughs> applesauce right now. I'm trying to get back to my point. Um, we all watch the same thing, too. And yeah, Pollard's uh, effectiveness went down this year a little bit when they pushed him to about 60 or 70 more carries on the year. It went all the way down to 5.2. <laughs> okay? So any any thought of, oh, I don't know if Pollard can do this on his own. No NFL team tries to make anyone do it on their own except the Titans. Most of them have a 65-35 split. And you cannot pay a 35% running back 
sixteen million dollars a year. That doesn't work. And I'm I'm not even sure that Zeke's a great number two. Well, and first of all, you'd have to actually have the coaching staff make him the 35% running back. He's never been that. No, they even inched, this year. They inched above a more 50% Pollard this year, but Was it a little above? Okay. I think so if you add in total touches and and maybe snaps, but listen, as I told you, yards per attempt over the last 2 years, Tony Pollard is number 1 among running backs that have at least uh 300 carries. So I'm looking at 30 guys. Do you want to know who's last or fourth from last? It's Zeke. You want to talk about yards after contact, which I told you Tony Pollard is first in? You want to know who's second to last? Zeke. Every single category you look at for running backs over the last two years, for heavy carry guys, Zeke is either last or bottom five. How can you lie your way around that and say, I turn on the tape and see that he's great? Because he's available. And he plays through injuries, and he's at practice every day. And he well, he shouldn't. Miss games. That's, <laughs> is but it touchdown that's... scored? Because uh, now they're kind of billing him as the battering ram who can get you uh, short yardage. Or yeah, he does have a lot of touchdowns. And I bet you that if you put Pollard out there in those situations, or fill in the blank third rounder from this year, from the one or two yard line, they would get the same number of touchdowns. But do they jump in the pot? No, they don't do the. F- the cool, funny kettle thing. What's their hair look like? Is it cool? They don't. They probably don't do feed me. They have a nose ring. <laughs> no, and they don't do a half shirt with a big tattoo. It's feed me tattoo. They don't do any of that. They just play, and they play for cheap. All right, let's keep listening to Jerry next because uh, he really tied himself in knots. No way uh, when it came to talking about the cap. We'll go back to Jerry. He spoke on Chinese economics, uh, personal finance. Dangling participles. He was incredible. <laughs> it was. It might have been the most electric hour, despite it being pretty low energy, that I've ever heard. Uh, Tony Pollard, as of today, as of about an hour ago, has been franchised. He'll make a little over $10 million next year, unless they work out a long-term deal before the middle of the summer. So we'll go back to Jerry talking about the cap and uh, how he just likes to keep things going year to year, year to year, year to year. Yeah, because you... You know, they asked him about what you were talking about last segment. If you have Zeke already at sixteen million, now you got a guy, you know, potentially at ten million, and it is now at least ten. Um, well, no. Well, you could work out a long-term right. deal and make the year-to-year look less. By the way, I'm not into that either. Uh, Pollard, long-term? Not now. Let's just see what happens. Even if it, even if it costs you, they should like ride this year out. My perfect scenario is they cut Zeke, they spread that across two years, cost you six this year, six next year in dead money, but saves you on the cap against the sixteen he would have cost. You draft a running back somewhere this year, wouldn't be super mad at the third round. That's okay. Number twenty six. No, shut okay. up. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> no, absolutely You're to not. Trade up to get Bijan, Dan. Uh, and then you just see where you see where you think you are. Uh, heading into 2024. And if Pollard is... is That's the most pragmatic, yeah, logical way to uh, do things. And they there's that's the furthest from what they're going to do. Yeah, if you want my prediction, Zeke will take a haircut, um, but he will still be above whatever he would get on the open market. For sure. He's got wonderful agents... They absolutely know the market. They know Jerry. They know how to use both of those things against each other. 
And uh, the Cowboys clearly don't know the market. Um, they are last to know. For example, I'll give you last year's trade of Amari Cooper, which is going to come up here, before the wide receiver market exploded. And his $20 million that they owed him didn't wouldn't look that much, especially if you say, I'm paying Amari Cooper, but I'm letting Gallup walk. I'm not going to re-sign him at the the number they re-signed him, which was, I thought, too high for a guy coming off uh, an injury like that who had a history that he had. Uh, anyway, so now they uh, the on the bus, they're asking him, all right, what about this, uh, you know, the salary cap and Zeke's money, and how's that all going to fit? Anybody that can tell you today on any football team in the NFL how they're going to make it work financially and what it's going to look like when they get to training camp, uh, I'm going to show you, I'm going to meet them. And uh, because it's so uh, dependent upon uh, other uh, things that uh, uh, do impact it, uh, not the least of which is free agency opportunities, but of course our own player contracts. Uh, I wanted to take advantage of this visit with you guys to uh, give you a little of old Jerry's uh, business philosophy here. <laughs> so what does he mean by, so if you're just talking your running back room, you're talking Pollard, let's say you already know you're going to lock him up for 10 at least, and now Zeke's number, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't have any idea that, hey, we might need to renegotiate Zeke. You're going to wait until free agency and the other contracts on your team? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. You've known what Zeke's number is going to be this year since the day you signed him, and you just franchise Pollard. So it doesn't take a, a genius to figure out that $26, 27000000 million against your cap for running backs is way, way out of whack. And they – I mean, they've got some free agents that are pending, but not, they don't have any huge free agents, right? I mean, it's Dalton Schultz. And then basically Donovan Wilson. Stacking Benjamins with Joe and his good friend OG not only has great financial insight, it's laid back with humor too. The quiet luxury trend is out and loud budgeting is in. Are we tired of the pet names? Yeah, because I'm loud and obnoxious, so this fits right in with me. I'm like, yes, finally budgeting for me. <laughs> I get to walk into a restaurant and go, I'm cheap as hell, and you're not getting a tip. Live from Doug's Budget. <laughs> Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. Yeah, I mean, they put a uh, a second-round tender on Terrence Steele. But they don't have that much up in the air as far as impact players. Yes, there are things to figure out. You know, Leighton Vander Esch, like I said, Dalton Schultz and, and Donovan Wilson, a couple linemen. They know where they are, and they know that won't work. All right, so let's hear Jerry said. Let's uh, He wants to give some of that Jerry philosophy. Uh, regarding what we did last year with Clipper. <laughs> and now we're talking uh, – Cooper. Cooper. Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. And um, uh, uh, Cooper, uh, uh, I could not feel better about the impact that our decision on Cooper made last year, sitting here this year. Couldn't feel better. Couldn't feel better. There's no way. That was awesome. Impacted us in the best way possible. I think it was actually in our designs to have Dak throwing to Dennis Houston. Uh, in game one against the Bucks, 
who I don't believe played more than another couple games. That's what we wanted. And I don't think that I have to uh, explain to anybody that any dollar that we save on a salary this year will impact us next year, the next year, and the next year, much less this year. I don't think I've got to get into that kind of conversation. You might have to explain it to me. Well, he's just he's just basically saying that look, with Dak's cap number going up in twenty three, twenty four, whatever, and with Micah coming, and with Trayvon coming, and with CD coming, yeah, but you can't reach back to use some of this year's fifteen million left over. No, but Amari was signed up for at least another year, right? And if they would have basically, if they wanted to keep Amari, they were going to have to lower his number. They were going to have to push some more money into the future. That was going to be. It's the same thing where he's basically just saying. We're fine being on this treadmill. We're pretty good. Yeah. We're going to stay pretty Every good. Every dollar, I call it, when you leave the bus, turn the lights off. You're only keeping it lit for the rats. Now that one you got and me. So we're not obligated to <laughs> let them see. So the point is, uh, you're saving dollars. And uh, that is uh, my philosophy and always has been. And so... When we made a decision like we made last year with Cooper that had everything to do with his money and the impact of the money paid to him last year on how it would impact sitting here this year. And so I wouldn't retrade that deal uh, for anything. And what we depended upon was younger players. Hello. Uh, That is our philosophy. Yeah, I wouldn't redo that deal for anything, Hello. seems. If you redid that deal two months after you did that deal, I'm going to say you at least get a third-round pick out of it. I agree. If not a second. Amari Cooper is a pretty good wide receiver. He goes on, though, to defend the Cooper trade. I thought you'd really like this. We made that decision last year, not because Cooper couldn't have helped us last year, We made that decision for last year's ability to keep players that did help us and this year's ability to keep it and the next year. So I want to be real clear. And when I look at where we are today, I do not, uh, I I like to learn from where we zigged and we shouldn't, we should have zagged. I like to learn from that, but I don't dwell on it. It's really a new day. And what we've got in our what we've got in our hand is the flexibility, large part because of the decision we made with Cooper. And so, uh, and the- that kind of feels like uh, I even heard the uh, morning show mention this today a little bit. Uh, keeping your powder dry. Well, now we have all this flexibility because of the Cooper thing. Okay. Well, actually, I would say it's even worse than keep your powder dry because keep your powder powder dry in the Maverick scent was since was predicated on the idea that they were going to go get someone huge and make some big splash. For the Cowboys, it's simply predicated on keeping the same players they already have. Yeah. That's all he's talking about. And by the way, why would you have anything to dwell on if you wouldn't do any of it over again? I don't want to dwell on it. It's a new day. What is there to dwell on? You said it wasn't a mistake and you would do the whole thing again and it was great. And so... Uh, and again, you say, well, that's not dressing the fact that you needed that speed on the outside and you might have had you a Super Bowl with that. That's almost like a coach explaining when somebody drops a ball uh, that uh, one play doesn't make it. 
it's a total big picture. And uh, they're, they're players. You know what? I don't think it's like that at all uh, because that's one player who would make, what, 80 plays throughout the year. Right. Um, it would play 90% of your snaps. And certainly it is true if things were better across the board in a certain game and you got a holding call that, that cost you a game-winning touchdown, it's not just that one play. But if I took that one play away, then I do win the game. So, you know, it is a big-picture thing. But that, that's like saying if I could take all the holding calls away all year, uh, yeah, that would certainly – anyway, he goes on to uh, – I think this is good. And uh, their, their players – their teams that had players of Cooper's stature, as well as uh, teams that had Cooper himself, and they didn't get any farther than we got no. in the playoffs. Well, I mean, so there you go. There you go. I didn't the see the Browns, Browns did not get farther. <laughs> There's other teams that had a wide receiver just as good as Amari Cooper, who did not get farther than the Cowboys. There you go. Other teams. Success. Right decision. But the question isn't about those other teams. It isn't about did Jacksonville have a receiver that was of the caliber of Amari Cooper. Or, uh, I don't know, pick, you know, the Steelers. Did they have, you know, these other teams that did not go as far as the Cowboys. Uh, you know, Scary Terry. That's the caliber of Amari Cooper, right? They didn't go farther than the Cowboys. But they have a wide receiver, yeah. But they don't have the rest of the roster that the Cowboys have, and the really easy ability to have kept Amari Cooper. The simple question that I wish someone would ask him is: Do you think your team would have won more games and put you in a better position to win a Super Bowl if you had Amari last year? I imagine he would say yes. And from there, you say, "How could you have gotten that done?" Well, you could have moved on from Zeke which would have been very onerous last year, but you could have done it. You could have probably gotten Gallup for about 75% of what you paid him, or Amari Cooper's not that old. You could have just pushed some of that money further down the line and still had him on your roster in 2025. Big yeah, deal. Yeah, extend it a little bit. Who cares? Let Gallup walk and draft, draft Gallup's replacement. They fumbled this so badly, and it's going to cost them for some time now. But the really weird part is that they have no interest in treating Zeke the way that they did Amari. No interest in saying, hey, well, that would actually save us down the line, you know? Like, if we could just stop paying this guy all this money, because Zeke has a $14.3 million cap hit next year. It goes down, but it's not manageable. But for some reason, they're not interested in, quote, saving dollars when it comes to him. But if it's Amari Cooper who's not exactly the most marketable player in the NFL, I guess, then it's, ah. Uh, so it's marketing. Of course it is. It's all it is. I thought it was availability. Cooper missing a couple games down the stretch because of the vaccine. Yeah, I mean, that's Zeke part of it. Practice. That should not be a deciding factor. It's Jerry Jones. Yeah. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? <laughs> In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What Women Binge, wherever you listen.